Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of Main Golf Talk. Uh, I am solo today. Zach is actually in flight on his way to Tennessee to pick his mom up for his upcoming wedding. Congratulations, Zach. Uh, but figured we'd throw in another episode here and bring on Mr. Reese McFarland, your 2018 New England amateur champion. Uh, he's been a sort of uh, stalwart in the state of Maine for uh, many years, had a very strong junior career, and we're really excited to have him on. Uh, Reese, what are you up to? Where are you? Hey, Henry. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on. And uh, I am currently out here in Lake Tahoe, exploring the West Coast. I've kind of been on an adventure here for a few months. But uh, yeah, north side of Lake Tahoe, Incline Village, Nevada. And uh, yeah, all is well. So if anyone follows Reese on Instagram, social media, you see this guy is all over the place, uh, hitting golf balls on top of mountains, jumping off hills doing backflips, all that sort of crazy, uh, stuff. So, uh, so you're skiing, uh, quite a bit right now, huh? Yeah. Um, so I'm living out here with a friend. Um, we kind of scored, we lucked out. We're staying at his aunt's place. So we got a place to stay. That's about a half hour from Squaw Valley, which, uh, for those who ski may have heard of it. It's a pretty epic renowned ski mountain. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. Been skiing a bunch and, uh, yeah, now I'm getting to play some golf. So it's pretty cool. Now that's not Squaw Mountain up in Moosehead for us Mainers back at home. No, um, no, big, <laughs> big Squaw. I heard they're reopening now. So looking yeah. forward to that. Um, so what, what led you out there and is this like a, a permanent change or just a winter thing? No, it's, it's not permanent. So, um, I actually, I just graduated college on Friday. So I, uh, I took a, I took the extra year. So I was taking my, all my courses online and, you know, I'd been, I'd been in Maine last summer through Christmas working, saving up money. And, uh, my buddy and I just kind of made a plan to, to come out West. So the icon pass, the ski pot pass that we bought kind of gives us access to a bunch of different mountains. So we just mapped it out and started in Denver and made our way to Salt Lake City and bounced around, went up to Oregon, uh, and then, you know, finally ended up here in Tahoe. So oh, that cool. sounds like a sort of dream trip, uh, at least coming yeah. from a, a skier like myself. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I actually have never skied out west. I know it's a, it's a little different. What's your, what's your take on it? Are you an East Coast skier or a West Coast skier now? Well, I mean, I think it helps to be to to be born and raised as an East Coast skier. I think a lot of people will see you ski and say, damn, you know, you kind of look like you're from the East Coast because we learned to ski on the ice. So yeah, kind of have a different style. But um, now the terrain out here is definitely, definitely be pretty crazy. Got to be careful sometimes. 
yeah you find yourself in some on the edge of a 40 foot cliff and have Jeez. to find your way down but no it's yeah it's it's a lot of fun definitely a lot more powder skiing out here so that was new for me it's cool all right well let's uh let's get off the ski train for a little bit um how about we start with you know how you got into the game uh, growing up in i guess southern maine there uh i think you were you, it was you were born in portland right grew up in cape elizabeth yep so how did yep. how did you get in the game who kind of maybe started you and um yeah yeah so um you know my dad my dad had always played golf and then i'm the youngest of three so when he had the first two kids he kind of hung up the clubs for a little while but then i think when my brother was you know 10 11 12 he kind of got back into it so I don't really remember when I started playing, but it's definitely, you know, following in the footsteps of my, my older brother, Alex, and uh, my dad. But, uh, you know, there's some funny home videos that my mom pulled up of me, like probably two, maybe three years old. I'm wearing like a hockey helmet, like a soccer jersey. I've got my dad's size 12 golf shoes on and I'm just hitting rocks in the driveway. And I don't know where I got a left-handed club, but so, I mean, I was swinging a golf club when I was really little, but um, I guess my first memory is like the MSGA juniors. I think my first tournament was when I was nine out at the Woodlands. I can remember TK out there on the first tee and I was so nervous. I was shaking and uh, I stepped up, teed up my first tee shot, first tournament ever. And I take a practice swing and just fire one off straight left, just total shank on a practice swing. So it's not that it wasn't the best wait, start. Wait, like you, you shanked golf. one on a, you shanked it on your practice swing. Yeah. On the practice swing, accidentally hit the ball straight that's, into the trees. That's, and, that's so funny because so my first junior tournament was at Belgrade in the MSGA. And I was like, I think I was probably near the lead. You know how it's hard to tell where you are. There's no like, leaderboards or anything i think i was near the lead on the 18th hole i will never forget this because it's just glued in my mind hit down the right side on 18 at belgrade and i i was taking practice swings and you know that tree right there that overlooks yeah. like the the cliffs i like in a practice swing i just shanked it right past that tree right into the rocks on the practice swing Get up there. I, I dropped one because like, at the time I didn't even know the rules. They're like, yeah, you got to re-hit. I'm like, really? Get up there, hit it in the, the crap again. I made like a 10 or something. <laughs> that's my oh, that's my first that's tournament. Cool. That's my memory. <laughs> yeah. I'm, they actually, so they made me play two balls. So my first, my first hole ever, it's like just a nine hole event. Uh, I had to play, I had to putt two balls out on the first <laughs> hole. And then they, uh, which, I, I guess I think I feel like TK would have known the rule, but whoever it was on the first tee, they didn't know the rule. So uh, they came up to me on like the seventh hole and told me that I could play the, uh, you know, take the the second ball score. So would it, but, would it have been Emily Bouchard back then? I, you know, I don't know. Emily, huh. I definitely have a lot of, a lot of fond memories of Emily, but uh, I feel like I was a little older during that time. Yeah. She could have been her. I know Tim Damaris was in the junior program. I think I missed him, but had him as a as a high school coach. Well, nothing like starting your junior career with a couple uh, puzzle rockets yeah. in your practice swing. I know. 
<laughs> so yeah, you, you so pretty much just jumped right into it then. Yeah. And then I think, um, I mean, you remember just as well as anyone, Valhalla, that was like the masters for us. So yeah, I, once I got in there and, you know, started playing those MSGAs, making these friends and started winning a few tournaments, I was just hooked. And, uh, you know, the MSGA does so much for guys like you and I, those tournaments are just awesome. So sitting in the classroom every year, you're just waiting for the snow to melt. And that, you know, that's all I could think of was those, those junior tournaments. So shout out to everyone at the MSGA, you know, that's, uh, that's definitely what got me into it. And, um, yeah, man, I, I lived through those, those match play events at Valhalla. That was it. Yeah. Those were, those were definitely fun back in the day. And I don't think we were ever, you were always in the age group behind me, I believe. Um, but I always remember playing, I would, I would kind of look back a few holes and I think your matches were always going on behind us or something. And, uh, everyone was talking about this kid Reese, he's this up and comer and, you know, this uh, this lefty, you know, there's really not that many lefties that, that play in these big tournaments, I guess. Um, I guess Jack Wyman comes to mind, but, yeah. um, are you naturally left-handed? No, I'm actually right-hand dominant. And, um, you know, when people ask me about it, I, I say that I feel like I have my strong hand on the top of the club, like my lead hand. So I think Phil's the same way. So yeah, I'm right-hand dominant, right. Pretty much everything righty, but like baseball. So anything with two hands. So like throwing a lacrosse ball, hockey, golf, anything with two hands, I'm doing lefty. And my brother's the opposite. Yeah, that's right. Jordan, I think Jordan Spieth is naturally left-handed. I didn't know that. Yeah. So was that like, was that a baseball thing, a hockey thing? Like you must have played some other sports growing up too. Yeah. Is that just kind of. I played, um, I definitely liked the low inside pitches in baseball. I could, I could crank those ones. Um, yeah, no, I played hockey, baseball, lacrosse. Um, you know, golf was always my favorite though. Soccer. Yeah. And you, I mean, I'm trying to think back. You may have the distinction of being the first left-handed golfer on this podcast. So, you know, got to get Jackie on here. (laughs) Um, so you went to Cape Elizabeth. Uh, I saw that you also, uh, were swimming, playing lacrosse. Uh, what was that like being a sort of uh, three sport athlete? Swimming was, uh, Swimming, I kind of just fell into because my sister, so my sister was a big swimmer. She swam at um, UNC Chapel Hill. And, um, you know, I didn't, I stopped playing hockey in like seventh or eighth grade just because I didn't want to get hurt. You know, that's kind of the age when people start trying to throw big hits and you break your arm pretty quickly. Um, So in the winter, you know, I wasn't really skiing a ton and I just kind of needed something to do. And uh, it was in my family. My brother had swam, sister, obviously. And um, the coach was also the lacrosse coach. Great guy, Ben Raymond. And, uh, you know, so me and a few buddies just kind of signed up for the swim team, almost as a joke, but we had a blast. And then um, I think it was, yeah, I guess it was senior year. We actually won the state championship. So it turned out to be really fun. Uh, a lot harder than you think. Practice is 
practice is tough and the the competitions were pretty tiring but yeah no it was a good thing for me to do in the winter it kept me in shape and uh lacrosse i struggled with lacrosse i mean i loved lacrosse in middle school and it kind of worked but in high school that was kind of the, the spring season that's when golf tournaments started to, to really pick up and you know i was trying to trying to get recruited to play in college so i was traveling a little bit in the spring trying to play in as many tournaments as possible so i didn't really play that much lacrosse i tried out and then um didn't play freshman year so i didn't really play again until senior year until i had already committed to college but uh yeah no i loved it growing up but uh golf was definitely definitely the main focus so what was your what was your race in in swimming or, or stroker uh, yeah i was a breaststroker i was uh i did the i would swim the 53 and then you know i was on a couple relays and would do the 100 breast so yeah that's that's definitely a uh that's a, probably a pretty good sport to, to kind of couple with golf in the summer, I guess, for, for people up in the Northeast kind of keeps you what long and languid. And I don't know. I know. It's a little safer than skiing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, you were saying I, I, I quit hockey so I could avoid injury as I see you like jumping off, you know, doing backflips yeah. and stuff. So <laughs> Uh, I also pulled up, uh, you finished tied for six at the big eye junior classic at Prairie Dunes. Yeah. That must've been, I mean, I, I played at the one, um, it was at country club in North Carolina, but Prairie Dunes, I've heard some really good things about, I think they had NCAAs there one year as well. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that experience and and getting in some of those bigger junior tournaments, what that did for you. Yeah. Did you, when did you, cause I played in a big guy at CCNC also, that couldn't have been the same year, would it? Um, Mine was 20, oh geez, 2010. Pretty sure. Yeah. So maybe they had it there a few years later, but. um, Or no, no. It's like. Yeah, it was, it was 2008 or nine or something like that. It was before I graduated high school. So so that was my first one. I played in one at um, CCNC. And then, um, yeah, the second one was at Prairie Dunes, and that place was just sweet. We um, I signed up for, like, the host housing. So I was staying right there on the property, staying with, uh, you know, a bunch of kids from all over the country, and we had, like, a sweet short game area right in the backyard. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have too many memories of the rounds themselves, but it was just one of those weeks. I think that uh, you know everything kind of, kind of seems easy. Just playing smart and hitting a lot of greens, and uh, yeah, no, that was definitely one of my, one of my best junior finishes, and you know, definitely helped helped me get looks from a lot of college coaches. So, you know, that's just another example of MSGA setting us up. You know, that qualifier down at. Um, Cape, Cape Arundel, I think. Um, I think I beat Will Kanegeser in a playoff there. So thanks, Willie, for letting me <laughs> letting me get there, to get recruited. But um, yeah, no, the big guy. That was that was definitely one of the one of the best junior tournaments. Remember, you would get like so much swag there. They would give you shoes and shirts. Oh, yeah, and it was like my favorite part. They gave me like I remember they gave me a new set of grips. I was like, what are these? I don't think I've ever changed out my grips. <laughs> 
Um, it's always but, funny going to those tournaments as the kid from Maine too, because all the yeah. all the kids out there used to that sort of thing, and then we get there and we're like, "Grips, really? The heck is this?" Uh, yeah, I've heard some pretty cool stories about that place. I think I, I think somebody told me that Prairie Dunes, it's this club where when you go in the clubhouse and you kind of go into like the banquet room or where they're dining or whatever, the tables are like really big and, and like you have to sit down with a bunch of people. It's not like, you know, usually there's like a four top, a two top. Theirs is like a 20 top and you sit down and it's very communal. Huh. I don't know if that's true, but I don't really remember that, but I just, the place was just incredible. It was out in the middle of nowhere, but once you got on the property, it was beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's gotta be like a top 20, top 30 in the country. Um, every year they list it up there, but, uh, but yeah, the big eye, I mean, for, for the listeners at home is really probably one of the top, I would say 10 junior events, uh, that we have here in the U.S. At least that's what I was told when when we went down and played, and that maybe it's changed now. But uh, it was a pretty big event to qualify for and to finish tied for six in that. That's quite an achievement um, as a junior golfer coming out of Maine. So uh, you get into UNC Wilmington. Tell me about your your time there, your four years uh, as a collegiate golfer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just awesome. You know, I'll look back on, on, I'll cherish those memories forever, but, uh, I got there freshman year, you know, again, kind of the kid from Maine. Most of my teammates were, um, I think like six of them were from North Carolina, one from, um, one from Texas. And then by the end of it, it was a little bit more diverse, but it was a bit of a culture shock for sure. Um, you know, Wilmington was, was awesome. We played at um, Country Club of Landfall, so we had a really nice course. Mondays, we played at Eagle Point, which is uh, one of my favorite tracks anywhere. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think I played in my first event as an individual. You know, I didn't play that great, but I think by the end of the year, freshman year, I was, you know, first semester, I definitely struggled a little bit. My game, I remember my, my putting was really tough. I think, I think that's when I switched to the claw and then, um, second semester, I started to get a little bit more success. And, um, and then finally, actually the conference championship, I, uh, I actually had a runner up finish just kind of almost out of nowhere. I mean, I played okay, but probably only shot under par a couple of times. And then, uh, I shot seven under at our conference championship and, uh, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. So that was good propelled me into the summer. I think I had a pretty good summer. And then, um, yeah, sophomore year, we had a new coach. So that definitely, you know, it was, it wasn't the guy that recruited me. So that was definitely a little bump in the road. It kind of shocked all of us to, to get a new coach like two days before the season started. But, um, yeah, no, in, as a whole college golf was just incredible. Got to play so many golf courses, um, yeah, now that I'm out here playing golf, having to pay the green space is a little bit of a shock. <laughs> it was <laughs> college golf was nice getting to play all these awesome courses for free. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I made made some some lifetime lifelong friends and uh, played some played some pretty sweet courses. Got to go play Bandon. That was really cool. Um, you know, we got to go to Hawaii. We um, yeah. Where did you guys play in Hawaii? 
Um, I'm trying to think of who hosted it. <clears throat> I guess it was the University of Hawaii that hosted it, but it was at Wailua on Kauai, which was pretty sweet. Um, it was a good field. We played with Duke, Texas A&M. There's a, Drew Powell wasn't on the team then, but um, yeah, no, we got to, it was a public track, but it was, it was pretty sweet. I mean, anytime you're in Hawaii, you can't complain. So when, when you're playing in these tournaments, you get up on the first tee, shaking hands, you know, meeting these, these guys from Duke or whatever school they're from, and you say you're from Maine, do they give you a look? Like, what do you, what do you say? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure you, you know what it's like. You've played in a lot of tournaments, but, uh, yep. I mean, half the people don't even know where it is. <laughs> you know, they ask if it's still snowing there. Um, no, you know, people, people are interested by it. You know, they think it's cool, but um, I don't know. It's almost, it's a little motivation though, to be the guy from Maine. You know, you kind of want to, you know, that all these, most of the other guys have, have been playing 12 months a year for their whole life. So yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's awesome to be from Maine. <laughs> yeah. I definitely take a little pride in it. I, I think they, they don't expect much from you. <laughs> they expect you to be like yeah. some, yuppie up from Maine, you know, some lobstermen or something that it's going to just totally duff one off the first tee, but um, yeah, dude, we got a lot of good golfers up in the state. I mean, definitely. So I, I definitely take the pride in it. Cole and, you know, Cole, Caleb, Drew, those guys are all, it's all we're only getting better. Yep. So let's talk about the 2018 New England AM championship at Portland. Uh, you were the, you were the only the fifth player from the state of Maine to actually win the event, which I, I didn't know. That's really, that's really cool. Um, and the first in, oh man, it's been like 20 years, I think since Gargone or Plummer. Um, so talk us through that week. Like where you, was your game really in form coming in or was it, I mean, it sounds like you've had a couple of tournaments where it just kind of popped up and you just rode the wave and, and played great. Yeah. I think it was, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, but I was, I was hitting it pretty well at that time. Um, it was, uh, so it was the week of my 21st birthday actually. And, uh, I had like, I had like a late tea time. I had a friend coming up to stay with me, Patrick Frody, my buddy from mass. He was, he was playing as well. So I think it was, I think my birthday was on Tuesday or maybe, no, my birthday was on a Monday, first round Tuesday. And I remember Monday night, it was like midnight and I'm at like Portland house of music, like <laughs> listening to funk music and my buddy, like, all right, we got to get out of here. Like, what am I doing? Well, that's, that was and, what uh, I was going to, I was going to ask you is like, because I saw you turn 21, like two days before this event. I'm like, all right, is he, is he out like doing festivities or is this like I'm game time? Like I'm ready to go. Like what's the deal? <laughs> no, I was like, you know, going out, you know, <laughs> have a couple of drinks, but then, you know, I'm taking tequila shots, listening to, to funk music. Like, all right, it's time to get out of here. Um, but so anyways, I woke up the next morning and, uh, it was just like a monsoon. There's just a giant storm. So like, I think a couple of people maybe teed off in the morning, but, um, you know, went, went into PCC and just kind of sat in the clubhouse all day. And that round was just a wash. 
So I guess, uh, you know, the stars kind of aligned for me. And um, yeah, bright and early the next morning, I teed off. And, uh, you know, I don't even really remember much. I just, I remember some dude, Michael Vanderland, came up to me and said, man, you played a different golf course than us today. And I think I shot 65 and mm -hmm. it just, it just felt easy. You know, that was, uh, that summer I had started teeing my driver up like really low. So I was just hitting these bullets off the tee and, um, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like, I remember feeling at the end of the week, like I didn't really, you know, I wasn't extremely dialed in and, and firing at all, all the pins. So it just kind of was cruising along, hitting a bunch of greens and, you know, you got to putt well to win tournaments like that. And uh, I think I putted well, but um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll remember that week forever. I remember um, I, I picked my caddy up the night before too. I was eating dinner at Kerpudik and uh, one of my high school teammates was there. And I like, I like literally leaned back in my chair and said, Hey Ryan, I'm a caddy for me this week the night before. So shout out to Ryan Collins. He said, yes. And uh, he was, he was the man. Dude, he was awesome. He was, he just kept me calm and uh, yeah, we killed it. I remember the first tee shot actually to give you an idea of the kind of how the stars aligned. My, my game plan was, was to just kind of hit a three iron into like the front bunker off of uh off of one and, or, you know, just short, whatever. And I, I fired this three iron and it landed right in between those two bunkers and just rolled right up onto the green to like 20 feet. And I had a two putt wow. birdie to start the tournament out. So <laughs> just unexpected. And uh, it's kind of the way the week went. Wow. Yeah, I think. But yeah, it was really, really good win at home. Well, I, I don't know if it was the same year I saw you up at, I think I saw you at Sugarloaf. You came up and we talked a little bit about just some like shot shaping stuff. I know you would. Uh, you were playing well at the time. And I, I think I asked you, you know, what, if you were working on anything and you said that um, in the past you would move the ball back or something to try to hit it low and trap it. And you just found out that you didn't even necessarily do that. Um, kind of sounds like that's the same deal with your driver. You kind of, you still kept it up in your stance where you hitting just like a little peely cut or. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was hitting some weird shots. They would kind of look like they were going to draw and then just kind of stay straight and cut a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of things that I, that I don't like about that, you know, kind of come into it with a steeper angle of yeah. attack. And, you know, I think you can develop some bad habits, but it's, uh, you know, if you can get it, it doesn't really, that's what I tell people. A lot of people ask for advice and it's like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, it helps to, to have good numbers on the track, man. But if you know where your ball is going, then, you know, that's the name of the game. I think yep. that's, that was the key for me is that I knew what my miss was going to be. Yeah. You can't, you can't necessarily be over reliant on the numbers and like trying to get perfect zero phase, zero path, you know, all aligned at the stars aligned. Like this just there's usually a little deviation and those guys out on tour, they play it a shot shape for the most part. You have your guys like JT and tiger that can work it both ways, like really, really well, but most part of those guys are moving it one way. Yeah. Like just playing college too. You play with so many different, different players. And, uh, 
they're all so good. But I, I just remember so many rounds I'd get done and we'd be at the scoring table and, you know, the, the, the score would be like saying to Ricky next to me, you know, 36, 36, 72. And I'm like, that kid <laughs> 72. like, you know, this kid, this little guy who just doesn't look like, he, you know, I feel like he would have shot 80. But, you know, if, if you know where your ball's going and you can chip and putt, then, you know, it doesn't matter how miraculous your, your iron, your ball striking is. That's when they turned to you and they said, wait, you shot 68, but you're from Maine. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they're like, you shot 80, dude. Like you, you hit it better than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> that was, that was more me for the latter. <laughs> um, so yeah. Talk to me about the last round. I mean, I, obviously 65, 69 is starting the first two rounds. We all know going into the last round, there's more nerves and everything, but how did you kind of manage yourself you know, pulled together a pretty solid round 72 to close it out. Did your, did your game plan change at all that last day or were you pretty much just same, same? Now, um, actually one thing that sticks out to me, um, that week that maybe some people at home can, can try this for themselves, but something I was doing before that tournament, I had heard somewhere about like a warm up routine. I think it was like Colin Montgomery, maybe where you hit 26 balls. So you hit two, two balls with each club and, you know, you get up and hit four or five wedges just to, you know, find the center of the club face. But then I would start with my 60 and just work straight through the bag and hit two shots with each club. And uh, the, the whole idea was that you're going to be deliberate and you're going to have a, you know, try to hit a shot and not just aimlessly whack at shots. And then the other thing was that if the second shot was no good, like you had to live with that. You had to accept it and, you know, move on to the next club. So it was kind of like a mental, a mental warm up. And, uh, you know, so I remember Portland doesn't have a range. So I was at Perputic in the morning and, uh, you know, I would go through that warm up, And I think that that definitely helped get, get me in a headspace where I, you know, I felt like I knew what kind of shots I was hitting. I was, I was paying attention to my misses on the range. So, yeah, I think I was just, really calm about about where it was going and where where I was missing and yeah you know I'd already had two really good rounds so I felt like if I just stuck to that same game plan you know you don't want to change anything on Sunday no you know I had a lead so I didn't need to really fire at any pins and uh yeah I was playing against um Steven Delisio kid from Duke who you know I grew up playing head to head against him a bunch. So I really wanted to beat him. So I think that was a good, good motivation for me too. I'd had someone in my group to play against and uh, yeah, no, I think I just, I just stuck to stuck to what was working and try to do anything special. Well, I'd, I'd say it worked out really well for you. Um, when, when you, uh, I, I mean, we talked about when you first started in the game, but during this whole time, have you, have you worked with any coaches or were you pretty much self-taught throughout all of this? No, I, um, I actually like probably when I was like 15 or something, when I was in high school, I kind of started to spray it a little bit. And so I went to see Paul Piveronis, but I think just my, my stubborn nature a little bit, I just, I was, you know, not, not open to the, to the criticism, which, you know, I, I wish I had been, you know, I probably could have benefited from a coach. So, you know, I went to take, I think I saw him twice, but uh, other than that, no, never really, never taken any lessons. And, 
you know, and then in college, I kind of started to, to videotape my swing and because that was, you know, in Maine, maybe you see it a little bit more now, but like back in the day, you don't really see people filming their swings and using training aids and stuff. So I went down to college and kind of started to do that. And um, I don't know, I lost it a little bit. You had a dog there? I don't know. Someone's trying to break in. Um, yeah, no, I, I was kind of the same boat, like uh, junior golf, college golf for a while there. I kind of went my own way, tried to do my own thing. I mean, it was all right, but I think it can help having, it can certainly help having a coach, but it can also help to, you know, self-discover, right? Kind of like you said with that driving range routine, like getting up there, hitting shots, trusting what you're seeing doesn't have to match up perfectly with track man numbers, like go and hit a shot and that's what you're going to play. Right. So self-discover, have some fun with it. I think I got a lot better once I started trying to hit more cuts. I think it's just a lot more because I grew up kind of hammering these snow oh, yeah. and <laughs> kind of like a lot of junior <laughs> golfers do. Yeah. But uh, once I kind of tried to keep the, the face a little more stable through impact and kind of turn on it. I, I got it a little more consistent. So that helped. Yeah. yeah it's funny how I would say, you know, probably 90% of golfers are trying to get rid of a fade bias or a slice. Right. But then like you and I sit there and are like, but man, that's so accurate. You're down the fairway every time. And then they, they have a lot of spin and loft coming into the greens and they can, I mean, Sometimes if they kind of went with it, maybe tried to take down the dispersion a little bit, that would be good, but it can be a good shot for sure. A lot of the guys on tour are using it. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, Reese, let's, uh, let's wrap this guy up. Let's go into wicked fire. Okay. I don't know if you know what the wicked fire wicked, round is, but wicked fire. Wicked fire. So just a few quick questions to, to wrap it up. How about your top five courses in Maine? Top five in Maine. Um, Northeast Harbor, Kibo. Um, Prouts. Um, North Haven. Um, one more. You can see I've got a bias for the ocean. I love anything up in Acadia. Um, yeah. I don't know. I played McGuntacook. I like McGuntacook a lot last year. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Uh, I guess Samo um, would be Ocean. Yeah, I haven't played it. I haven't played Samo enough. Um, I really want to play Mount Kineo. I think that's going to sneak into my top five. It's I pretty fun. Yet, though. Portland. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I really like all the little nine hole courses. Like, you know, Clinton is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, Shabig is really close to me. That's great. Um, I love Portland. Portland's got a special place in my heart. Um, Blink Bonnie, Grindstone Neck. Grindstone Neck. That's the, that's number five. And there's a lot of courses on there. You just, we have not heard <laughs> top five courses. Uh, how about your favorite hole at Perpudic? Ooh, favorite hole at Perpudic. Um, I don't know, probably the, probably the first hole, honestly. Get to get to start off with a birdie most rounds. Um, I like 18. 
Yeah, first hole. Yeah. Nice having a drivable hole to start on. How about your favorite trail at Sugarloaf? Mm, gosh. Well, I mean, fine. I grew up ripping King's Landing to the park. I was a big mm -hmm. park rat, so I would just go King's Landing to the park. But um, Binder. Binder is probably my favorite trail. And then, you know, anything over in Bracket Basin I like. Yeah, Binder's pretty fun. Uh, best club currently in your bag? Mm, currently, that one's tough, man. Um, there's not a lot of great clubs in my bag right now. <laughs> Long ski season. Um, I would say, uh, I would say my, my, uh, my driver, yeah. it, you know, squeezing some cuts out there, staying in the fairway. And have you ever completed a round right-handed? And if so, what was your best score? Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, that's a, that's a sore subject because, uh, it was at Bangor in the, in the second round of the Down East Metro, like two years ago. And, uh, Tony Decker let me borrow his irons up there. So I had a nice set of Titleist irons. Rob Jarvis hooked me up with a, uh, a demo ping driver. And, uh, you know, I have found some wedges and a putter in my garage and I got off to such a hot start. I hit it, hit it a little hybrid or no, I hit driver down the middle on one made a par Two, I hit a, a hybrid short of that pond, and then I hit this nine iron from 135 to like 10 feet. I made a birdie, just feeling myself. And uh, I was like even through eight holes. And I went like double, double, triple. And then on 18 at Bangor, I hit a nice drive around the corner, and I was like greenside and two. Hit a beautiful flop to like four feet, and I missed the putt for 79. Wow. So 80. 80 is my best score, but um, that's that's one of my goals is to uh, is to get a little better from the other side. Yeah, you and uh, you and Will Kanegies are gonna have to have a match because he's gotten pretty good left-handed. I think he's breaking 80 up at Martindale now, so you guys are gonna have to go at it. <laughs> I played with him last summer, and we were we were switching drivers. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a fun thing to do. So yeah, Willie and I are gonna get a match this summer. Yeah. Uh. Well, Reese, we, we appreciate you coming on. Um, what's up? What's next up for you? Um, I am, I'm here in Tahoe. Well, I actually have, um, tomorrow I have the U S open qualifier. It's at, uh, the local it's at Edgewood Tahoe. So I played a practice round there on, on Friday the course is really sweet. So yeah, nine, 12 AM, I get the U S open local and then, uh, Heading back to Maine in a couple of weeks. Not looking forward to that drive. But, uh, yeah, I'll be around Maine this summer. Um, looking forward to the AM up at Kibo. And, uh, yeah, just another another good summer in Maine. Is Edgewood where they have that that Pro-Am? Yeah. yeah. Celebrity yeah. thing. That's sweet. Celebrity. Yeah. yeah, that course looks awesome. I used to be on the Tiger yeah. Woods game. Must be good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. No, it's, <laughs> it's a sweet course. There's some like really, it's like the tall pines everywhere. There's some like really tight tee shots. Everything's lined by the pine trees. And then it goes down to the lake for the last few holes. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck. And we're, we're pulling for you. Um, yeah, and enjoy the, what's that? Yes, we already got Johnny Hayes through the local. So we got to keep adding, adding some Mainers to the field. Hopefully make it out to Torrey. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and you're uh, you're still doing the ski and tea out there, so 
you said, uh, when's the last time you played, played golf and skied in the same day? Yesterday, man, and today. I'm going to go ski. I'm going to go ski once we hang up here and then uh, go hit some balls to get ready for tomorrow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Reese. Well, thanks again for coming on. Um, enjoy your, your time and uh, best of luck this year with, with tournaments and stuff. If, if our followers want to uh, check in on you, see what's going on, uh, see you uh, skiing down a mountain and then hitting a shot, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, if you just type my name in, I should pop up, Reese McFarlane. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's probably going to be a change of scenery here. Get rid of the snow and put some golf content up. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we appreciate it. And this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk. You guys can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at Maine Golf Talk. If you're on iTunes, we appreciate you guys subscribing leaving a comment, all that sort of jazz. So we'll see you guys next time.